Hey, welcome to the podcast, The Road to Restoration. I'm Pastor Sergio Delamora, and whether you are on the road, you've fallen off the road, or maybe you're weary of being on the road, I'm glad you're listening today because God wants you and I to stay on this road of restoration. Remember, restoration is a lifelong journey. It's not a program that we finish. It's not a strategy with a desired outcome, and it's not a religious ritual uh, to appease the minds of the condescending. No, restoration is a revelation. It's a revelation that God is consistently and constantly restoring what the enemy has tried to ruin. God is committed to your future, and He is completely devoted to seeing the full restoration for which He has called you to be, whether man, woman, in your family, in your life. So it's a revelation that God will not stop restoring if you keep giving Him permission to do what He wants to do in your life. And today, I'm excited because I get to have another conversation. If you're if you've been with us in our prior episode, I'm with Pastor Tyler Minton. I'm in the northwest part of the United States of America. I'm in Washington, uh, the great, beautiful state of Washington. I'm in Olympia, Washington. Uh, Pastor Tyler, you're about to start a new church, and give us the name of the church again. Yeah, it's River City Church. And when are you starting? September 17th, 2023. Okay, and why is it called River City Church? Well, there's this verse in Revelation 22 where in the new creation, there's this beautiful image of a river of life flowing from God's throne. And along its shores, these trees of life are growing and their leaves are used for healing the nations. And it's just our heart's desire to see our city just radically healed by God's love as we follow after him. Healing is important. Yeah. Um, And you're now a father. How many children? Three kids. So I've known you, boy, for 22 years. How old are you right now? 35. So what's 22 minus 35? It's 13, right? 13. (laughs) Okay. So I knew you when you were 13. You're 35. Yep. Okay. Let's go, people. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. Tyler, my man, you have three kids. How old are the ages? My oldest is 11. And then this next month, my two daughters turn 10 and 8. Wow. You're growing a young family. You're pastoring. You're going to open up a new church. And let's talk because there are guys that are listening right now that want to start a church. Yeah, There's guys that want to go into ministry. There's guys that are in ministry. And I want to ask you the question, uh, what would you say to young men growing up right now, whether they're in their late teens, young adults, early 20s, early 30s, aspiring to be in ministry, also in business, because you've also been extremely successful in real estate. So God's obviously has given you um, a plethora of skills, gives talents and abilities, but there are certain things that have marked your life. Hmm. So this is what I believe, and then I'll give you the opportunity to share what you would say to a room full of young adult men aspiring to either grow business or leadership and family is that the influence and the capacity to influence will be directly related to four key components, your character, your level of competence, your level also of compassion for people 
and not to mention the fact your compatibility to the environment that you're in. Those are just four things that I look at. Look at someone that has character because ultimately you're going to do what you are. Yeah. I look at someone that is competent. Uh, just because you want to doesn't mean that you've developed the skills to be able to. And then I look at someone that is compassionate because you could be have a great character, really competent, but absolutely be heartless for broken people. Yeah. And I believe ultimately compassion is what makes us different as believers. Yep. And then the last I said is being able to be compatible. Um, you need to be someone who can be compatible or complement the environment that you're in. Some would call it chemistry. I like compatibility because you put a fish in the desert. I don't care how good the fish is, how strong the fish is. <laughs> it's good. A fish is not compatible to the area that it's in. You put a snake in the ocean. Well, it's only going to be so, so long until the snake's going to take the plunge. So based on that grid, I want you to share with me because there's young guys that are on the road to restoration. Yeah. They've made some terrible decisions and they want to get back up. There's other guys who haven't made, well, they feel they've never made any, you know, life altering decisions. They're, they're great. They're good. They're solid. And that's good. But then there's those who have a little mixture of both. Mm -hmm. They're, they're cautiously going into their future, knowing what they've been in the past. They're not what they used to be. They're not what they want to be but they're still not convinced that they can become it. But they have a call of God on their life, called to business, called to be a father and family. What are some thoughts that you would share looking back from 35 back? What would you say? That's really good. Actually, a couple of questions come to mind to consider. So as you look at your life, do you see any behaviors in your life that you've tried to stop but have come back? And I'm not just talking about ones that we'd culturally consider as the big ones like, you know, sexual immorality or drinking or whatever those are. Like maybe it's working too much. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's, you know, social media. It doesn't matter what it is. Is there a behavior in your life you've tried to stop yet you still find yourself pulled back to it? So that's the first question. The follow-up question is this. Have you continued in that behavior, even though it's caused a form of harm to you or to people that you love? And if the answer to that is yes for both of those, clinically, we're looking at something considered an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad which, you said that. Which is, you know, a big word that has a lot of cultural stigma to it. But a lot of times when we're talking about character, what we're quick to do is look at these cultural big ones like sexual brokenness or, you know, drugs or alcohol or these other things. And instead, I would say, don't try so much to stop that behavior. Instead, I'd ask you the question is what's driving you towards those behaviors in the first place? Ooh. If we don't slow down enough to really ask ourselves that question and begin to allow God to, in his loving way, help us heal through that. Yes. See, your gifting will open a door for you. Your gifting may be able to fill up a room or provide you high sales, but if you don't deal with what's driving you to places that you don't want to go or to do things you don't want to do. Or what's driving you to be so successful. Absolutely. It will all catch up 
to you in a place and in a way that you don't want it to. And so, what, so, so what would you say to someone who right now is extremely driven yeah. because they want to prove people wrong. They want to outlast their critics. They want the validation of success. Yeah. What would you say to someone there? I mean, are they wrong for feeling that way? So that was actually something that was like the hallmark of my life okay. <laughs> in business, in ministry. You know, I found a lot of validation, a lot of worth in what I did and what I produced and my ability to lead, my ability to develop. As I went through my own healing journey, we kind of talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. One of my mentors, he really began to challenge me and he said, Tyler, you find your value in your performance. Wow. And until you find your value and your worth simply as a son whom God loves, you'll also always be chasing something that doesn't fulfill you. And so I would chase down leading that team or accomplishing that project or hitting that sales goal or whatever it is. And yet it never brought a sense of contentment, of fulfillment. Wow. It was instantly replaced by the next project, the next mission, the next task. Why is that? Why aren't we fulfilled? I mean, for take, take a, for instance, a guy that's in sales. Yeah. He racks his brain, uh, jacks up his schedule, denies relationships to succeed. He gets the sale. He gets the contract. He makes the money, and yet it's not enough. Yep. And he has to keep going. What? Why does that happen? I mean, I know that's a big question to mm -hmm. have to answer, but Taylor, like, you've seen it. Yep. Why, I've done it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Why does that happen? Why isn't success enough? And why do we have to keep doing it? Here's what I honestly think, and it kind of goes back to what I was mentioning earlier going underneath and discovering why are we driven to do these things that we don't want to do. If we take addiction away from just the big things, mm -hmm. success can become an addiction. Working can become an addiction. And here's why this matters. When I am going all out and I'm just driven towards this mission and driven towards the success and I'm working all hours, you know what I'm thinking about? The mission, the mission, the yes. mission. But you know what I'm not thinking about? that fight I just had with my wife, Yes. how stressed I am about my finances, yes. my relationship with my kids. And as I'm driving towards this place of success, I'm not dealing with the pain and the hurt and the heartache that I'm running from. I'm just numbing it out. Ooh. And so unless I'm willing to slow down enough wow. to feel the pain that I'm trying to numb and allow God to bring his healing to that place, I will continue to run and continue to chase something that ultimately never brings that sense of fulfillment and, pur and purpose and peace that I'm chasing after. So what you're recommending is we go beyond the success and find out what's driving us. Yeah. And some guys, we're... Like we need someone to help us come to that conclusion. Oh my gosh, yes. Because most guys, we're not like, yeah, I thought it through enough over a cup of coffee. I think these are the reasons why I'm making these miserable decisions. And nope. they stem back to my childhood <laughs> or, or to this or this. So what would you recommend to a guy right now? He's in his 
early 30s or late 20s? I am the biggest advocate for a godly counselor. I am the biggest advocate for a godly counselor. Now, because a godly counselor is going to be able to help reveal blind spots that we can't see ourselves. For a lot of us, unfortunately, we wait until there's been a level of damage or destruction before we're willing to get the help to look at the blind spots. And you may be like me and already be there. That is okay. It is not too late to get back on the right course. God can redeem and restore. But maybe you're early on in your journey and you haven't hit those failures or those hard moments. I'm telling you right now, go find a godly Christian counselor. Now, I'm going to give this caveat. I do not advocate for any therapists. There's a lot of therapy out there that's not helpful, but there are godly counselors that are powerful. Give me the difference between a good therapist and a godly therapist. A godly therapist is going to speak the truth of God's word to you. They're going to be able to reveal God's design and God's purpose. They're going to see, help you see how God is moving in your life in the ups and in the downs. A good therapist may help you manage the anxiety or the depression in the moment, but a godly therapist is going to be able to use the Word of God to help you really dive deep in your relationship with God to find the true source of what's going on. So I'm, so this is I'm going to try to encapsulate what you're saying. You're all all of us are broken in some area. Absolutely. And until you can find someone who can unearth the and get to the area of your brokenness, yeah. it's just a matter of time yep. where the edifice that you build, yep. eventually you're gonna have a breaking. Absolutely. A shaking. So instead of break building something, let's first go into the foundation. Yes. And in order to do that, find someone who can Go and dig with you. Right. Help you do the heavy digging, the heavy lifting, so that you can see yourself with clarity through God's word and have an accountability with someone who can hold you accountable to your behaviors, beliefs, and values. Yes, because it is so easy for us, especially for guys, to isolate ourselves. And we get this false belief that I can take care of this, whatever it is on my own. I got this. I can deal with this. I can work on this. And real quickly, the Bible talks about this in James. We confess our sins one to another. Listen, not so that we can be forgiven. That's settled with Christ. Yeah. But so that we can be healed. God's design for our healing comes from being open and vulnerable with people that we can trust so that his healing can happen. The forgiveness is settled, but his healing comes in community, and we can't do this on our own. Wow. You've been listening to Pastor Tyler Minton. Um, Wow, this has been insightful. And those of you that are listening, uh, please share this episode with five people. There's got to be five young adults that you know that are running strong, and we want to help avoid everyone, avoid that crash and burn. You don't have to. You can learn from the mistakes that we have made so that you can rise, go further, not just faster, but healthier. Thank you for joining us. Today, I have with me Pastor Tyler Minton from the northwest part of the United States of America. It's uh, Washington, Olympia, Washington, to be exact. Uh, Tyler, today uh, you've experienced restoration as a man. You're 35, you have three kids, and you're about to open up a church. Yes. And 
Um, do you feel like you're ready for this? I don't know that you can ever be ready <laughs> to plant to church, but we are so excited and just full of faith for what God's going to do. Uh, I love the idea of church planting. I'm a church planter, and um, I love the journey. I understand the journey. And for everyone that is listening today, I'm really talking about restoring communities. Com communities are restored through restored leaders. Let mm. me say it again. Communities are restored through restored leaders who can point people to the restorer of restorers. That's Jesus. Jesus is the restorer. Uh, we know that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible tells us he has given us the word of reconciliation or the word of restoration. And you're taking this word yeah. and you're going to go start a church. Yeah, There's going to be people uh, listening right now who want to start a church. And I just made a statement. Um, restored leaders restore communities. So what I'm implying is, how could you possibly think you're going to restore a community and bring the restorative power of Jesus Christ to a community if you have not connected personally with your own brokenness yeah. and need for restoration. Yeah, so good. Okay. So, Tyler, what convinced you or where where did you hear the call? How did you hear the call of God? That's the right question. How did you hear the call of God to start a church? So for my wife and I, after my failure and struggles, I thought ministry was done for me. Okay. And I opened up a real estate business and uh, I, I had always believed I was going to pastor one day. I always had this passion for God's house. I always loved the Lord. But after my failures, I just, I thought that was done. I thought that was gone. But as I began to work this healing process with God and God began to heal my heart, these dreams started to come alive again. And this passion started to come alive again. But for me, it was different this time because now that I had experienced healing and hope and freedom, there's like this ache in my heart that everybody needs to experience this freedom and this healing in Jesus. It just, it's this passion that comes alive. It's like, I can't keep this to myself anymore. And so I walked a slow process over time, which if you know me, I am a driven type A, let's do it, let's do it now person. But God took me on a slow process over time to really heal my heart, to bring this passion and this fire back, and eventually gave us his confirmation that, yeah, it's time to start this journey. How did you get the confirmation? We went through a discernment process. Okay. We really slowed down and really asked God, we spent time in fasting and prayer. We reached out to Wise Counsel. There's people that have been a part of our healing journey that knows not just the good and the bad, but the ugly <laughs> and everything in between. And we really sought, do you think from your perspective that we've invited your wisdom, that we're ready for this? And so as we took that slow process, we found confirmation after confirmation that the timing was right. Now that you're gonna start the church, what are things that you know now that you didn't know before as you're planning to launch in September? That's so good. For me, there is this heart to meet people where they're truly at. And that means meeting people in the deep, broken messiness of life. And I have a passion now 
to not just simply have a church service on a Sunday morning, which is good and beautiful and wonderful, but how are we getting into the deep places of sexual brokenness? How are we getting into the deep places of crippling anxiety, of depression that's hard to shake? How are we talking about things that we'd rather keep secret and private at church, but we're more open about outside of church. <laughs> How does church become that sacred place where it's safe to take off the mask and be real and authentic? And so these are the questions and the thoughts that keep circulating on the inside of me right now. And so charged and on fire with the thought and the passion to reach people in their brokenness, what were the what are the steps that you're taking right now to start the church? Because uh, we're in January yep. of 2023. Woo, woo, let's go. Let's go. And you're you're going to be eight months in and you're going to launch. Yeah. So what are the things that you're doing? I'm, I'm, I have to believe that there's someone who's about to plant a church to bring restoration to a community uh, wants to know, like, okay, what is Tyler learning? Yeah, absolutely. So for us, we got connected to a wonderful uh, church planning network that's provided incredible coaching. I would say this to all church planters, get wisdom, get wisdom, and then again, get wisdom. <laughs> and so we're, we're getting wonderful coaching, wonderful insight. We're also building our launch team. And I think what's important for me, if our heart and desire is to be a community of restoration that has to start with me as the leader, and it has to start with our launch team. So for me, I'm practicing just being open and authentic about who I truly am. It's too easy to slip back when we go into ministry to put a ma mask back on yeah. and go from Tyler to Pastor Tyler. And so for me, I'm keeping my life open and honest with people close to me that are part of this launch team. So that culture of authenticity starts from the ground up. Okay. So let's talk about your launch team. Yeah. So are these people that are joining or are these people that you are selecting? It's both. It's both right now. Um, it started out with uh, people that we've invited to be a part of our circle and community and asked them to seek God if this was what he was inviting them to do. Okay. And right now we're in the shifting phase where we're opening the doors wide open to everybody that wants to join. And we're also going to be going after people that aren't even in church to be a part of the launch team, which for me was a foreign concept at first. Because I'm, I'm like, why would I go for people who aren't even in church to help launch a church? Yeah. But if we're actually going to be a church for our community, there are so many people that are ready to get plugged in to what God's doing. He's already moving in their hearts. He's already preparing them for the invitation. So we're actually opening the door for people that aren't even in church to be a part of the launch team as for our community. And what are some of the qualities that you're looking for in this launch team? that is going to go restore the community and bring them hope and healing. What I'm going to really encourage our launch team to do is to start their own healing process. Hmm. And that starts with me modeling it, but I'm going to invite them to go deep and really seek God about healing the, the places of hurt, the places of heartbreak, the places of brokenness. And that's not a quick process. It's no. a slow process over yeah. time. Is but, this a training? Is this curriculum you've built? Or is this week by week things that you've learned that you're putting, you know, pen to paper and then going to teach? Or? Great question. It's actually all of the above. Okay. So with one part of my community, we're doing a curriculum. Okay. It's this incredible curriculum called Genesis Process that really allows you to dive deep into 
just from a biblical perspective to find healing and hope. I also meet weekly with my community group, and they're part of our launch team, where we're just practicing spiritual practices every week. And we come together and we encourage each other and we take on a different spiritual practice so that we're not merely talking about starting a church, but we're actually developing our relationship with Christ in the first place. Yeah. And what about your marriage? Because uh, church planning puts tension on the marriage. Yes. You're, you're married, you have three children. Now, is your wife going to take an active role or is she going to take a supportive role to you? Um, I mean, of course she's going to support you. Yeah. So I guess the more pertinent question is, will she be taking an active role with you in the ministry? Yeah, we're going to be co-pastoring together. Okay. My wife is my best friend. She's wonderful, but we're also human. And so I was mentioning this in our last uh talk together that I'm a big fan of godly counseling. That's going to be something I do for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> and so for Katie and I, uh, we regularly still will get counseling as we need it. We'll have conversations. We'll get coaching and input. It's not, I don't view counseling as you do it for a season, then you're done. I think we always need tune-ups. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. I'm very big on just keeping our life open and exposed and receiving counseling and help through our journey. And what role will she play specifically? Because I'm thinking about a pastor yeah. whose wife says, okay, what can I do? Yeah. So my wife is, I mean, she's just incredibly gifted. So she has a great leadership capacity. And so she's going to be helping shape vision, creating culture. She's also an incredible worship leader. So she's going to be um, starting our worship team okay. uh, at the church. But what's been great is, as I've come into this network with other church planners, I've seen um, different wives take on all sorts of wonderful roles. Some are truly just there to cheer on their husbands and love them, hold down the fort at home. And that is just an incredible form of ministry. And then some like my wife are just jumping all in. And I think wherever you as a spouse to the planter are at, if you follow what God's called you to do, whether that's to hold your home as a place of ministry or whether that's to be on the front lines, it's all sacred. So don't disqualify any of it because it doesn't look like what another pastor's wife might be doing. You walk what God's called you to walk out, and you will find God's favor and blessing as you live out what He created you for. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, you're, you're developing a team. You're looking for characteristics. We talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Now, what about more practical things? Yeah. How did you find, have you found a space that you want to start in? No, this is the fun part. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we are hot on the search, okay, are tracking you, down a location. Are you meeting regularly now? Yeah. So our launch team meets regularly in, in my home every Thursday night. Okay. And so we get together over a meal. We do our community group together. As we get closer, we're going to be doing, uh, starting next month, once a month launch startup parties. And so we're going to be inviting everybody that could be interested in the church to this startup party where it's going to be a great time just to have fun and connect. Then for about 10 to 15 minutes, my wife and I will share the heart and the vision of the church and invite people to be a part of that launch team. What are some of the values that you believe God has already placed in your heart for the church? Yeah, for us, one of our values is ridiculous love. Ridiculous love. And so we just have this What does that heart. look like? For me, it's getting with people right where they're at. And that means embracing people in whatever level of brokenness they're coming in at. Okay. What other value do you have? We have a heart for excellence. 
And Excellence. so he, for me, one of the things is we combine that with love. Excellence, when the motivation is love, always honors God. So it's not, it's not excellence for the pursuit of just trying to have excellence for excellence sake. It's for love. And if that motivation is love, it always honors God. What's another value? Community. Community. We are big on community. We don't do life alone. And in our culture that's so connected and we live in closer proximity, we're also the loneliest and most isolated generation. And learning how to do true biblical community where our lives are full and open to each other and there's a sharing that's happening is actually, I think, new for our culture that needs to be brought back to life. Yes. What would be another value that you're still working on in your heart and your you would say this could also be also be part of our ministry. I think irrational generosity mm. is something that we're big on and that God's really developing still in my heart. It's how do we develop in a culture that's skeptical of church right now? And we're in the Pacific Northwest. So to give context, it's very post-Christian. In our community, 85% of people aren't churched. And so it's not simply that they don't have time for church, aren't interested. There's almost a skepticism about church. So how do we inspire people to live irrationally generous lives for Christ in a culture that's skeptical about church? So today, if you were to speak to a room full of potential church planters, um, what would be the big theme that you would speak to them about? They put you on a stage, you had a thousand church planners in front of you, and they said, you could talk about any topic, what would that topic be? I think for me that topic would be, before you plant, start a healing process of anything that's unresolved in your heart and in your life. Because ministry will only be a magnifying glass to that. It's only going to create more pressure, more intensity. And what might be there in a little form is going to become a big form over time. So I think start slow and allow God to heal those places of brokenness, those places of fear, those places of anxiety. Not that any of us are perfect or reach this (laughs) place of, of total wisdom, but allow God to do a lot of good groundwork so that as you launch, you can launch healthy and sustainable and strong. Wow. Well, you're listening to the Road to Restoration podcast today. We are talking about restored leaders, restore communities, planting churches that heal communities. Amazing. Thank you, Pastor Tyler. And I really believe that what you said is what's going to happen because where your focus goes, the power flows. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll leave a comment, share it with a friend. Uh, let us know how we can connect with you. And Tyler, how can people connect with the church one more time? Yeah, they can follow us at River City PNW. River City Pacific Northwest. Thanks, Tyler, for joining. And thanks for being part of the podcast, The Road to Restoration. God bless you.